Hey, what's up guys? Uh, we are Vision and today's podcast is going to be about why is crypto so volatile and what is it? Um, I'm Tyler. I'm the technical lead and co-founder of Vision. And I'm Andrew. I am also a co-founder uh, and I would say that I do business development, partnerships. I still haven't figured out really what I do. Again, we wear a bunch of different hats <laughs> around here. Uh, so we're all juggling a lot of different balls right now. Yeah, and we, Andrew's the CEO. That, that, that's the kind way to put it. But when it's a three-person company, there is we don't really a, have yeah, a CEO. Exactly. <laughs> so, but hey, do you want to give a quick rundown of you know what Saviors of the Sea is, a little bit about the project? Yeah, because we didn't really touch on it in the last episode. But, um, but yeah, so Saviors of the Sea. So it's 7,777 uh, sea heroes, sea hero PFPs, uh, randomly generated through 95 hand-drawn traits, hand-drawn by my, my lovely mother, the artist of all of these pieces and you table. see around you, uh, and, and, and myself, who is not an artist. Um, <laughs> but, uh, the, the, the premise of the, of the project is basically the kickoff of vision. So vision is sort of a three-headed monster. We're, we're, making carbon neutral uh, projects that directly benefit, you know, uh, some aspect of the earth, mm -hmm. then, you know, the, the other vertical really is, is marketing to, to that community and promoting uh, and partnering with um, like-minded, you know, mission-driven projects. And then the third vertical is sort of a, a little bit of a tangent, but it's a, um, you know, a, a seed fund, a climate tech seed fund for uh, you know, for for startups in the in the space, not necessarily the Web three space, specifically, uh, but but definitely climate tech startups in general, right? And and so Saviors of the Sea is is our you know, inaugural uh, inaugural project, right? Into the uh, into the carbon neutral mission driven uh, project production vertical, um, and twenty percent of everything that we make is contractually committed to. Uh, our partners based on how our voting games went. Congratulations to Plastic Tides who actually won the voting games. Uh, they're, our, they're, they're one of our partners and then the Coral Reef Alliance uh, as well. Um, and then the third partner, we, we have a, a third partner partner on the way. It's, it's essentially our, our third um, organization that, that our donation uh, will hit and that's gonna be a community driven uh, organization, community picked uh, organization. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. That's that's sort of you know high level of, uh, of of you know what we've been what we're working on what the what the project is. You know. Yeah, it's a great way to put it. So diving into you know the topic for today, or what crypto is and why is it so volatile? I think the best way to kind of get started with everything is to talk about first what it is, right? So, uh, you know, we, we all hear about Satoshi Nakamoto and the whole who invented Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and, and everything like that. There and was a claim that it was Elon Musk. Did you see that? I did see that. It's yeah, that's what, made me, that's what made me think of it. <laughs> and, you know, there's been a lot of claims about who it is. I, I think um, people were saying one of the presidents, it might be of El Salvador, was... <laughs> the Illuminati. Yeah, yeah, the Illuminati, yeah. So nobody knows, and that's kind of the cool thing about... Bitcoin is that it was originated from an anonymous individual. Um, but really what cryptocurrencies are, are the, the 
Chuck E. Cheese tokens, if you will, <laughs> that let you do things on the network of computers. So, you know, we've got this whole big cluster of thousands and thousands of different computers running the same software. You can, you can consider it similar to running Mac OS or something, you know, on a Mac. And you've got Mac dollars that you want to spend to do things. And, and that's really, at a base level, what cryptocurrencies are. Now, looking at Ethereum and the different um, technological assets that it provides are that they have these things called smart contracts, which you're able to put a little bit of like more code into these things. And Bitcoin has it in a weird way, but the main, the de facto standard is Ethereum on this one. And what's cool about that is that we're able to code things that prove ownership. You hear a lot about in the NFT space, ERC-721 contracts, they're called. That's what Savers of the Sea is. It's an ERC-721 contract, which is just a fancy way of saying it is a chunk of code that's on a whole cluster of computers that says, yes, you own token number this. Yep. And that's all it is. So it's at a base level, it seems way more simple than it should be. You know, your cryptocurrency, you think cryptography, and you go back to... You know the Alan Turing machine. You're like, wow, it must be some crazy math. No, it's really just it's really just ones and zeros saying, yep, yes or no, you own this. Um, yeah, so that's kind of a background of what crypto is, right? And the reason, at least in our opinion, and by no means are we financial experts, um, just given our opinions. This is not financial advice. <laughs> none of none of these podcasts are. I should have said that in my NFT spiel. Yeah, yeah, not financial advice, but. The, the premise of all this kind of comes down to really just supply and demand, right? There is a finite number of tokens, whether it be Bitcoin, Ether, uh, Sol, I think it's called on Solana or whatever. Yep. Um, you know, they're, they're not making more. So there's no worry about inflation or a lot of other things that typical fiat currencies like the U.S. dollar or any other um, non-gold-backed uh, currency have. Um, and... It's this scarcity that is what creates the value of it, right? And that's anything, right? As you see in NFT projects, uh, and please chime in on this, like when, when NFT projects start to burn their NFTs, what typically happens to the value? Yeah, so yeah, I mean, as, as, supply, you know, as supply decreases, the, the demand ends up increasing. Right. And yeah. so, so the price, the, the price value skyrockets, right? That's, that's sort of why we were, we're dangling the, the swamp versus carrot in front of, in front of our holders. You know, we wanted to provide, you know, we wanted to give away, um, a swamp verse, you know, right as they're doing their burn feature. Yeah. Right. Because that to us, that was a, a, a buy that doesn't break the bank that we can give away to our holders that will hopefully increase in value immediately, right? And so that's why that's why we're doing this 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 week. Um, when by the time you see this, maybe it'll be today. Although could be last week. Last week we're gonna cut this. <laughs> <laughs> just just keep looking at the camera because that's where you were looking last. Okay. Well, it's it's yeah it's. it's <laughs> Honestly, you might as well just take this as raw footage because <laughs> at this point, we, I mean, we're not professionals here. Um, so we had just given away our swappers. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, moving on. Um, no, but the, the, the whole 
the whole burn dynamic does yeah it, it makes the you know the floor price increase it also provides sort of a marketing a marketing push right you, you get a lot of content out of the fact that you know your your project is is making this change right yeah um so there's a lot that you can do with it but but to your point yes as as the burn starts to happen you build buzz around it you know each one then becomes that more that much more valuable yeah and it's and it's exactly this like kind of like you know crossing pattern of supply and demand that drives the price of cryptocurrencies as well right when you've got a ton of people that want to buy cryptocurrency and there's a finite amount of it it's going to raise the value of it it's going to make it more expensive and and yeah to your point about that it's that isn't even a burn, right? That is the same amount of supply. It's just the demand has increased. Yeah. And as they open up, right, as they open up the availability to cryptocurrency to all these different nations, right, the, the demand, the amount of demand only increases, right? And so that as the supply stays the same and the demand increases, that naturally drives the price way up. Yeah. And to kind of jump back on that burn, idea um one of the recent eip um releases for the ethereum protocol uh, I, I believe it's 1559 I, I don't remember exactly but um was just instituted on ethereum about a year or so ago i'd say um and on polygon relatively recently which is this side chain of ethereum that we are releasing our project on um but what that does is and i'm not sure if you're actually aware of this or not but it when you send um, gas up for a transaction, um, there's a fee that's paid to the miner, whoever does the proof of work algorithm first. Um, but it also takes a little bit of that and it burns the ether, actually. So this is a continuously decreasing supply. Um, yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was, I was reading <laughs> I through the improvement protocols and I was, I was not shocked to hear that because I know tokenomics are a big thing in the space right now, but I was like, so the more transactions, the more it's burnt, is what you're in, saying. Yeah, in theory. So yeah. is it made to be? So that that's very interesting. To me yeah, because it's, it's it, it, more. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they. I'm sure the guys at the Ethereum Foundation have, and gal guys and gals at the Ethereum Foundation have thought through this. I mean, they. It's a very very minor amount that gets burnt, but still enough that it creates this sort of, not deflationary effect but you know it you know, it's a bit over my head what i'm what i'm really trying to say yeah it's it's, it's no, a, that is interesting though it's yeah. a great it's a great point i it's I, I would imagine that it's something that a lot of uh, not a lot of people actually knew before. yeah 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 but um yeah so i mean really what's driving that volatility right like we talked about is this technically continuously decreasing supply and uh, forever, it seems, increasing demand to run these transactions, right? We've seen astronomical amounts of sales on OpenSea and all of those sales, and not all of them, but most of them are on the Ethereum network. And that's going to drive transactions. And, you yeah. know, we're continuing the more transactions we have, the more, the less Ether there are. And it's just leaving these crazy peaks and valleys of the, um, of the Ether currency in terms of fiat dollars. Um, but there's also a layer of unknown too, right? So what we've seen is what? As the US dollar increases in value, the price of Ethereum will decrease and then vice versa, right? Well, it's the, it's, it's the, stock, the stock market is the, is the 
the biggest indicator. Okay. I, I think. It, yeah. It, it's as like as regular stocks have increased, it the the pattern seems to be, and and I haven't done like any real research on this. It's more based on my own my own following, but as the as the stocks have increased in price, crypto has actually done done worse. Yeah. And so as and we're seeing it right now with you know the 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 struggle in Ukraine mm-hmm. and 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 that situation, right? The stocks are are taking a hit, but crypto is actually doing better because it's you know it's almost a safer um, it, it's almost a safer route, a, a safer place to keep your yeah. to keep your money in, in in times like this, right? And and so um, that's sort of been really interesting. Know, to, to me is to see the um, the inverse relationship yeah which you know I don't know I, I would need some sort of financial expert to dive into you know why that is um, but you know it, it's just an interesting pattern that I, I that I've sort of noticed while while trading not only crypto but but stocks as well yeah yeah I mean it's it just kind of goes to show that like this is an economy of its own, right? And so ma- like the rules of macroeconomics will apply, maybe not exactly how we see it in typical countries' economies, but there are macroeconomic rules that make it really difficult. I, I can't tell you when crypto is going to go up because there's so many factors playing into this that it just it makes it impossible to to guess. But yeah, to your point, it's re- it it is really interesting. I mean, think about it. More countries, more and more people are getting access to cryptocurrency, and if the if the supply is slightly decreasing, mm-hmm. right? It's 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 really interesting to hear like what you know, what what the price will do, what, yeah, what yeah. the value will be, right? Yeah. So like to kind of wrap up some of the touch points that we we talked about is cryptocurrency in a sense is really just computer code, right? Sitting on thousands and thousands of different computers, but it's also verified by thousands and thousands of different computers thousands and thousands of times. So it's a very secure way to exchange value in a sense. Yeah. Um, it's you know very volatile in the sense that it's got macroeconomic rules, but there's also a layer of uncertainty coupled with continuously, although very slightly, decreasing supply with what seems to be a forever increasing demand. Yeah. And it's all of these different factors wrapped up into the fact that we try to relate it back to a fiat currency that just make it see these big spikes and drops. Um, but I think over time, we're gonna see that cryptocurrency is here to stay and the, the volatility that we see is, is really gonna kind of flatten out in the long run. But. I agree. I think. I think you know it's it's only the beginning of adoption, right? And so we're zoomed in so far on the scale that it's crazy volatile. Um, but I think if you zoom out 10, 20, 30 years, right from now, yeah. you're going to see an upward. I mean, again, not financial advisors here, but I think you're going to see more of a more of a linear trend. Yeah, I totally agree. But that pretty much wraps up today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for watching. If you have any questions or comments. Feel free to leave them down in any um, in the comments below or shoot us an email at info at visionllc.com. It goes straight to our inboxes. We'll be the ones that see it directly. So <laughs> All right, thanks for watching, guys.